Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. On today's episode, we have the owners of CrossFit Flushing, Rob and Veronica Walbert. We dive into a number of different subjects, including how they took their gym from zero members to 300, what it's like to be married and also run a business together, and how they've integrated the NC Fit Collective programming. In addition for today, what we want to talk about is we're providing a new opportunity for anybody who's looking for a one-hour consultation on their business. I have a book that's releasing January 8th called As Many Reps as Possible. Proceeds from pre-sales benefit pediatric cancer. If you want to go online and purchase 30 books, give them to your members, give them to your coaches, what we'll do is we'll set up this one-hour consultation. You simply need to email your receipt to info at nc.fit. If you do that, we'll set up your one-hour consultation, dive into your business. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this episode. Have a great day. All right, so we are, uh, we're cruising in like some, I don't know, back room of the Marriott. Um, I'm a big Marriott fan and we found some random room and we're just going to dive into deep on a couple of subjects. So I, I want to hit on a few things. Number one, I want to hit on, you guys have been in business five years. You run, you know, a successful location that's profitable that can afford to have both you guys live off of it full time, right? Yeah. Right. Which is awesome. Not many uh, boutique fitness centers, um, CrossFit gyms can say that for two people. And so that's, that's an accomplishment itself. I want to hear about how we got there. Number two, um, you implemented the NC fit collective session plans programming about, I don't know, maybe six, four or five months ago. I don't know, whatever March, it is. March. March. Um, right now we're in uh, yeah. So about six months ago, cause we're in October now. And I want to hear about how that's gone, what you've learned, pitfalls you've, you've had to overcome. And then thirdly, I want to talk about how you two, um, how have you guys been married for? Five years. five years. You've been married five years. Yeah. And how long have you guys had the gym for? Five and a half. <laughs> so I want to talk about that, right? I want to talk about relationships as it pertains to the business because um, whether it's a partnership of, you know, like, for example, you and another partner who's, you know, uh, on paper a partnership, you guys are a partnership uh, through marriage, right? And, and on paper, whatever. Yeah. But that comes with additional challenges and comes with additional benefits. I'd like to talk about that. So I'm thinking like 25 minute AMRAP on those three subjects. Does that sound okay? Sounds awesome. great. All right. We start in three, two, one, and let's go. So first thing I'm going to ask is um, you guys got married five years ago. You opened the gym five and a half years ago. Yeah. So you got married after opening the gym together. And yeah. how long were you guys dating for before that? So we got married in 2013 and we were dating since 2006. So, oh, okay. It's, it's been 12 years together this year, all together. And what made you guys decide to open up a gym? You want to take it this was, one? Or <laughs> sure. Um, it was part of his grand uh, goal. I have a master's in teaching. Yep. So by trade, that's not what I do per se. But he has his degrees in nutrition and exercise science. We found CrossFit, fell in love with it. And the dream was to one day have his own. So um, when the opportunity presented itself and we thought like we could do this and found a location, we put everything into it. And, and even as we boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, or were you guys engaged? We were, we were engaged. We were engaged. Yeah. So you were engaged at the time mm -hmm. and then you basically open up the business and since opening the business, I know you guys have seen some success, but I imagine it hasn't all been success. Right. And I imagine the beginning with getting married and it, that's tough, right? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was you, an expensive year. Yeah. Well, did you guys both go full in, or did you guys also work other jobs? No. Um, we. I was a coach for about two and a half years at a different uh, affiliate. Veronica was like front desk admin there mm -hmm. for a little bit, and then once we decided to open it, that was it. Everything was 
I, I stopped working at the affiliate. Job. She wasn't working for her teaching in the city. And that was it. 100% all but in we were, for... we were also young. And so we, we had time on yeah. our side. Right. Minimal um, expenses. Right. Didn't have the kids. If we made a mistake, we can go back and do whatever we were doing before. Right. Right. Living right. at home. Just yep. <laughs> saving so now when, when you guys opened up the business, um, how much money did it take you back then to open it up? Um, I would say cash on hand, I think close to 25K. And the rest was all on personal credit cards, which I wouldn't do now definitely don't but, do that <laughs> but then like being a brand new business no real credit history because i was still fairly young out of grad school nothing crazy like the loans i was looking at were 33 percent interest and i was like oh my personal credit card is only 14 percent interest so right. i did that which is still a huge number huge number but uh i just uh closed my eyes and, and swiped so then how much how much debt did you go into open up the gym i say in credit cards probably f- close to 35 40 around there okay and then you were paying the 14% interest. Yeah. So now you have this interest. You had your rent. Were you in the same location you're in today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so your location is what? How many square feet? So we started with the first floor of 2,700 square feet. Then five or six months later, we added the second floor. Okay. Okay. Because you grew out of the first floor? I didn't want anyone above me. Okay. So it was they just were looking lit- for tenants. Literally, okay. I didn't want to have to worry about the building. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then you get in, you, you take on some debt. You guys are both all in. You're engaged at the time. This is a very complicated situation, yeah. right? I imagine stress was high. Now, from the beginning, did you guys have success and get members in the door? Or was that a struggle? Um, I wouldn't say it was it was a struggle. It was a pretty cool era of CrossFit where yeah, five at the years point ago was like, good time. if you build it, they will come. Like We had yeah. no sign. I didn't have – you came to our building. We see a big CrossFit flushing sign. We had nothing. My grandfather drove by when he was like, hey, I went to see your place. I couldn't find it. I'm like, oh, it's, we don't have a sign. <laughs> right, right, He's right, like, right. why don't you have a sign? I'm like, oh, people are going to find us. And that's what it was then. Again, now, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, five years ago, things were a little bit different, right? I mean, I think people were seeking out this style of training, seeking yeah. out CrossFit in particular. And you can get away with no sign. You can get away with, I mean, your location is across the street from a cemetery. Yeah. And it just works, right? <laughs> um, but you started providing service. You started doing your thing. Now, before that... Um, I always talk about this idea of earned confidence, and I think you could earn it through a lot of dedication and hard work. Now, before that, you had a – obviously, you both came from master's degree. You came from one in teaching. You came from one in nutrition, right? Yeah. Um, but you were coaching, and you were working the front desk, so I imagine you had a lot of experience from the previous gym about things you liked, things you didn't like. And people ask me all the time, hey, what would you do if you were to open up a gym again? I would say, hey, look, before I open up a gym – and this is what I did because I worked at uh, the front desk at, a, at high school and college, so I, I got to a lot of exposure – but I would have spent more time at another gym, taking what I liked and developed it with me, taking what I didn't like and left it behind. Is that kind of what you guys did with the gym you were at? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There were so many things um, on the admin side, everything from even posting the workouts, the blog, the website, uh, pictures, events, um, the community, and just how things flowed and were ran. Um, everything all the way down to coaching the classes to during downtime you know, fixing broken boxes and vacuuming and mopping the floors. Yeah. So all of these things we kind of just like continue to do because we love that gym so much that, and we knew it would just help us in the long run. So um, membership started to climb, mm-hmm. right? And your guys' relationship was okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and great. so did you guys clearly define, like, did you guys have a partnership agreement ahead of time or was there no partnership agreement? No. When we, when we first opened the affiliate, we weren't married yet. So it was on paper, 100% my gym. And then I'm, when we did open it and any money that she had cash on hand, she put towards the affiliate 
um, to get it running. So once we did get married, that's when I got everything changed legally to have it have hers because it was. She put in the money, she put in the time. And so we split it once, like pretty much like the week after we got married, I spoke to my attorney. He's like, hey, this is actually half my wife, so let's split it. Yep. Yeah. And, okay. And yeah, in the state of California, you know, and everything's 50-50 anyway. Yeah. So even though, so Ashley on paper doesn't have to own anything because she technically owns <laughs> half of our business, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so you guys, you know, kept doing your thing. And over the years, you guys went from no members, right? Yeah. To when I first met you like six months ago, you guys were at what, 200 and something? I were like hovering around 300. 300, excuse around, me. Yeah. 300 in like a, how many square feet again? Like downstairs, Down, main, main For the main floor. main floor, 2,700. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys were at, I remember when I first talked to you, you know, for any gym owners out there, and this is a very, very specific podcast we're doing right now on the business side of fitness, specific to a, a CrossFit style gym. If you could get to a hundred members per every thousand square feet, you have a pretty packed location, right? So how'd you guys go from zero members to 300 six months ago to now what do you guys have? 325-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot, yeah. right? With the amount of square feet you have. So that yeah. 25 yeah. was probably added because the upstairs. Yeah. We, we added the, some new programs and uh, even like the adding the 45-minute class also added some some new people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. So we'll get into that. But before we get there, how'd you guys go from zero to 300 members? What are like... If you had to say, what'd you do? Uh, to be totally honest, we did zero. You did um, nothing. We did <laughs> nothing. <laughs> we, we did, literally, if I had to be totally honest, I had a, again, we opened up without a sign. Our first member who joined up just happened to, I, we had like a little temporary thing when we were doing construction, like cross deflection coming soon. Yeah. He emailed us and he's still here today, five and a half years later. Yeah. And it's just been one person at a time. We haven't done anything more than a sandwich board sign in the corner a few years ago. And it's really just through... Word of mouth. And even now, so we know the impact and how big social media is um, now, and we're very active on it. But even now, when people say, like, what are you doing as far as marketing goes? It's still so much based on word of mouth. Yeah. So that first member came. Member he brought referrals. Four, yeah. yeah. Referrals yeah. right off the bat. Now, this was five years ago. Yeah. I imagine in your area, you didn't have as much competition, and people were seeking out this style of training. Right. But now, if you were to open today... Right. So now today you have 300 members to tell their friends. Right? Yeah. Right. But if you were to open today. Right. How do you think that would be different? Because you guys are talking about opening up a second location. Mm -hmm. What's different about that one? Because I would probably make the claim that based on all of my the people that we talk to, you you probably can't get away with that. Yeah, today. I don't think so. Yeah, I would um, I'll definitely gear more towards social media advertising mm -hmm. and organic paid. Just be more present online than we were when we first opened our the flushing, flushing yeah. location. I mean, I think the way the industry has shifted from five years ago is five years ago, you were able to get away with a little bit of, yeah. you know, like myself included, right? I opened 10 years ago. You are able to get away with some stuff. But then all of a sudden, five years, you weren't allowed to get away with as much. But now here we are, 2018. And if you open, there's a lot of competition, mm -hmm. right? And people need to become aware of your product. And so I want to switch gears on a, opening up a second location. You have this first one that's became successful. And one of the things that I get worried about from gym owners is, they have one that's doing well, then all of a sudden they think one is good, two is better, but then they don't have the systems, the processes, or whatever occurs, you don't have the owner that shifts over, and now all of a sudden both locations turn okay instead of them both being great, right? Because right. right now you have one location that's profitable, you guys are able to take home a nice salary for both of you, it's incredible, right? And moving into a second location, not to put words in your mouth, but I think that there is a unique opportunity you have because of your uh, connection to this... 
when we look at new locations, it's because either A, we have an employee who really needs an opportunity, or there's just some type of extenuating circumstance that makes it just so valuable for us, we have to do it. So is that kind of where you guys are at on both sides? You have staff that needs opportunity and you have a good opportunity? Yeah, I would say, I would even lean it more towards the staff needing the opportunity because we can stay at Flushing just us and we're doing great. But we want to, you know, it's not just open the gym, take care of your members, get employees, now take care of your employees. So that's where I really want to be. I want to have them have a career they can be proud of, take home X amount of dollars and have a future and live a life off it. Yeah, that's been our goal from day one. I mean, now we, we implemented our 401ks and, you know, medical health insurance, insurance, health insurance. And um, for them to have a career out of this and not just like, oh, well, what else do you do? Yeah, yeah so you know, tell me a little bit more about that. So for us at NC Fit, we contribute 50% of all employees' health insurance. Now, we started that maybe seven years ago, a long time ago. And we started off at 50% because once you give it, it's hard to take it back, right? right. So if you do 100 well, then you can never take it back. So 50 was nice because it was a nice way for us to kind of test the waters. And at that time, no one was offering health insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, 401k is something that we're playing with because of our demographic. Some are interested, some aren't. And there's certain regulations there of how many people, because we have so many employees yeah. on how many people actually take us up on it. So have you found that the health insurance and the 401k have been um, differentiators for your coaches besides going to other gyms and coaching there? I mean, I don't think it would, as far as... Um retaining our employees i think they they would stay with us regardless that these guys are true ride or die people have been with us for for years i think it's more along the lines of um family support because people look at it as oh you just work at a gym or you're hanging out at the gym all day so now they say no i have a salary i have these benefits i have this so they're, they're showing the world that this is a real job a real yeah. career, a real yeah. a real career path yeah. and so for me like when we when i opened the gym i wanted to do what i love for a living and provide that to as many people as possible yeah. well part of that is opening new locations or showing growth right if you have one location and you're managing or whatever and you have a head coach who's doing a great job if you don't expand they're gonna i mean i imagine they have to go somewhere else yeah. right yeah. right and so is that a big part of why you're doing this yeah for sure and the, these are we're still relatively small i mean still in one location our team is you know five to seven you know including front desk staff so we're still with like our og coaches so taking care of them is is a high priority but it's going forward and kind of setting that precedent like we want to be that company that people would want to come and work for because if we expand we would have to bring on new talent and yeah right and make it worth their while so now you guys came out to California. You guys visited us at NC Fit. You guys went to, I don't know, maybe like four or five of our locations. Yeah, mm-hmm. Quite a few, yeah. 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 And I want to ask about how that experience was and what your major takeaways were. In particular, I also want to ask about, um, I sent you guys a um, packet of all these docs. Yeah. And I want to know which ones kind of like made the biggest impact for you. So it's twofold. One was, how was your experience coming out to NC Fit? What shocked you? What was consistent? And then two was in this doc pack, which one was most valuable? Yeah. So I have a pretty cool answer to tie both of those together. Um, so going out to visit NC Fit was was really cool. I We travel every so often, but I never drop in at CrossFit gyms. It's like a, a weird rule of mine. I'll just work out in the hotel or the cruise ship or whatever it is. Yeah. So when I went to NC Fit, that was literally the first CrossFit gym besides mine that I worked out in, in I don't know, five, six, seven years or so. So it was, it was pretty cool. Then seeing all the different locations each has their own personality different yeah. coaching i don't say coaching style but different membership base that will lead to different coaching styles to run those classes and so seeing the unique characteristics of 
each gym while all being under the same NC Fit name. And you know that even though it's different locations, different kind of style, that you know it's tied to the same company. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then, so we did that before I got the docs from you, before I got the whole like culture deck and how you guys break it down. So seeing the documents afterwards and I'm reading through it and you can see that it definitely applies and ties right into what you guys are doing. It wasn't like I'm trying to make the connection between what I read and what I saw. It's I read it like, wow, they were doing that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Clear. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. That's good yeah. feedback. You know, I think as we've grown and look, we are not perfect. There's plenty okay. of room for opportunity. But having these docs in place has been nice because it says our mission, our vision, what we're doing, how we do things. Um, and that's a great way as you expand for any gym owner to really get that in place before you do it. And I wish I had done that years ago, right? I mean, when we went from one location to two to three to four, I, I wish if I had just implemented some of this stuff maybe a couple of years earlier, I think we'd be way ahead of where we're at today. I think I even told you guys that yeah. when you guys were out here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the exact same thing. And I was just about to say it because if anyone is opening a second location, if we're thinking about that's where our head is at, it's kind of the back end you know, work that you have to do beforehand. So you can just open your doors in this climate now um, and just hope that people will come before that even happens, before you sign a lease, before you pick a place. It's who are we? What are we going to offer? Why are we different? And having all of that written down and being able to articulate it um, before the doors even open. Like that's that's the work that really needs to be done yeah, nowadays. We, we talk about it sometimes where the 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 barrier to entry to opening a location isn't huge, yeah. but the learning curve is really high. And so if you have one successful location, that goes along for the second one. Just because you have one that's successful doesn't mean you'll have number two. Yeah. So you got to almost restart and say, okay, how do I hedge my bets, get myself as successful as possible before I open the door? Because as soon as you open the door, you got a monthly expense that's mm -hmm. just going to yeah. keep adding up. Exactly. And if you're burning 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 grand a month at a new location, that's going to really be an, a detriment to your other location, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden what I see happen is, let's just say this one location is dropping 20 Gs a month, you're losing. Then the owner says, oh crap, I'm losing so much money over here. I need to spend more time focused on it, which is, makes sense. But then when they spend so much time focusing over here, it takes away from, there. Takes away from the current location. So if you could get the first location, um, or excuse me, if you get the second location as dialed in as possible before it opens, it's nice because you never get in that oh crap moment yeah, exactly. where you're losing 20 grand a month and you got to you know kind of backtrack it. So you guys came out, I took you guys to uh, uh, you know our gyms and whatnot. You met, you met some of our team. And is there any specific takeaway that you have from coming out aside from the culture and that, that you could, that you took home and you wanted to implement in your location? So I'll go specific, specifically into your team. So uh, Rob and I had a meeting where we kind of sat down and again, going to just having things down on paper. Well, what is it that you take care of and what is it that I take care of? And when we had everything listed out, I mean, we're just a team of two at the top. So he's taking care of the finances and, you know, the big idea stuff. So if I were to kind of like uh, put that on people, what you do where when we were there, Brett, Brett. met, yeah. right? Like that whole side of it, even programming at the very beginning, MDV and, and all of that. And then design, website, photography, social, and meeting Jordan and Ali. And I'm just like, Wow, there is a huge team just to see all of those jobs spread out among an entire team who are so incredible um, in their own rights and 
and making it happen. And then I'm like, well, it's just me and him, you know? So to really see what we were um, bringing to the table and taking care of, but there was not much overlap. So that was very nice to kind of step back and say, well, at least we're using our talents and time you know, yeah, as efficiently I, as we could. I don't think you need a big team, right? right. I think sometimes people get intimidated because they come out and they see this, that. But, you know, it starts off with one person. It starts off, you guys are lucky you have two. Yeah. And But it's it's important to delegate, right, right, effectively. Hey, I'm really good at this, 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 this. You're really good at this. Let's clearly, you know, track what we're doing. And I think sometimes people don't want to have those tough conversations. Yeah. I was on the phone with the guy, I don't know, two days ago. And he has, I want to say he had four partners. It was really bad. Oh, wow. And I'm like, dude, I was like, so who does what? And he's like, well, they don't, you know, well, I'm like, well, no, who does what? Like, like clearly communicate it. And the problem was that everybody wanted to have their hand in everything Yeah. because no one wants to fully delegate anything else. And then all of a sudden you just have a lot of this, this, not only does animosity build up, but more importantly than that. Nothing ever gets done because you need four people to make decisions on stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dude, you're just going to talk in circles all the time. Exactly. So you yeah. guys came out and about six months ago, you guys jumped onto the, the NC fit, you know, collective program. And my question for you, this is not a pitch for the, I mean, sure. I guess it's a pitch for the collective, but, but most important, I, I do want to ask you, why were you guys in the market for looking to outsource your programming and what savings has that given you? Because I think sometimes people look at it like, oh, it's $200 a month. But actually, if you appropriately manage your time, it's a huge savings. Because I imagine you're spending, let's just say, I don't know, six hours a week designing programming, right? So if you do that for a month, six, 12, 18, you know, 24, 25 hours, if you're paying yourself, a, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour, 25 bucks an hour, I mean, it's way worth your money. So why are you looking to outsource? And then what allowed you to make that that buying decision? Because a lot of people get passionate about programming and they think it's their secret sauce. But I actually think there's so much more than that that's your secret sauce. And the yeah. program just needs to be done well. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure how I came across finding it. Um, I think initially I was on JasonKleeper.com and I felt out something to talk with you. And then we you mentioned the collective and you mentioned that um, I could also do some one-on-one consulting with you along the way. And then so I looked at the collective, I checked it out, and within, I don't know, 30 seconds, I was like, sign up. It, it was so easy. The, the, I don't I don't want to dwell on thinking too long, should I do it or not? I was like, you know what? I don't. I never heard of this before. I don't know any of the gyms that are doing it. I looked at a little sample. I'm like, this is great. Let's do it so I can be the first gym in the area doing this. Like, and I, why not? I just told yeah. you that yesterday morning. I said, you know, something that I really appreciate you, you always recognize a value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just... Because, and he really does. So it saves so much time. Either it's worth our time or it's not. And yeah, the, the cost wasn't even like a, a factor. Right. Like yeah. The cost right. didn't matter. It was what I was getting for like the amount of time it would take me to make that and that what you guys are providing. So it's, I saw that it wasn't just one workout. It was three different programs, 30 minute, 45 minute, 60 minute a competitive track with lesson plans and workout descriptions and intros and what the stimulus should be. So there's all things that I used to do and have to text my coaches or oh, I want the room set up this way or make sure you talk about this point. And it's stuff that now my coaches are on the app. It's just we all read it and they're delivering this the same message throughout the whole day and it just makes it that much easier and brings the overall message of the gym more and more unified. So everyone, every member gets the same talking points. They get the same cues. They get the same overall feel of the class yeah and so when we were talking about scalability that that was where we were coming from we wanted we knew we were doing something that was good but we wanted to do it 
better and also see if we can put systems in place that we can replicate it. So we were looking for consultants and there are a lot out there um, who will help you grow your business in the fitness space. And we, we did even consult with a few of them. You know, we were on calls and then after experiencing it, you're just like, well, what what's the takeaway here? What yeah. what are we really paying for? And, and how are they actually helping us? So that I mean, within a two-day two period, we were just like, this is the best decision that we ever had. I mean, it streamlined it so uh, nicely. And then even for the coaches, we always know that they're going to bring their, their flavor to every class. But to kind of have that peace of mind that every single class throughout the day from 5 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., you're yeah, the delivering the same piece. service is, Yeah, you, you brought know, up an interesting crisis. point about the consulting, you know, like, for me, as of recently, I get emails every day from people who want to do consulting. And a lot of times I just say, hey, you know, go, you know, for the most part, I don't do it. But sometimes I do. And I just tell them to go buy some books online for the as many reps as possible. It goes to charity. But, you know, when I get on the phone with these people, one of the things I always think about is like, what value can I add to you? And how do I share my past experiences to help you in the future? That's one of the reasons why we have this podcast. It's like, how can we learn from other people to rise the tides? And I really believe in that. I truly do. Because I don't look at other gyms as competitors. I look at us all as like a group of individuals who are trying to raise the bar. And if we keep raising it together, we're all going to be successful. Your gym has 300 members. You're profitable, right? Our gyms, you know, have X amount of members and the goal is for all of us to continue to grow and we don't need millions of members yeah. exactly. right? in your area in Queens, right? How many, how many population is like, I don't know, God knows, probably a million, millions, I have a million. right? <laughs> yeah. And you need 400 to be killing the game. Yeah. Right? And so that someone else could open up a gym, but if we're not sharing best practices, if we're not sharing information. One of the things that I get so, I get nervous about, and I was listening to Gary Vee actually talk about this. Speaking mm -hmm. of Gary Vee, I'm going to go talk to him later today, um, was the fact that there's a lot of people giving entrepreneurial advice who haven't been entrepreneurial. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, but, but then I flip side. I'm like, well, you know, on the one hand, these people haven't had this, these experiences. They don't have any, you know, they've had one gym with a hundred members, but all of a sudden they close it and go consult. But then I say, well, Hey, you know, if people wouldn't be paying for this consulting service unless they got value. So who am I to say that they shouldn't be giving it? Yeah. Right. It, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it it right. depends on, it's a free on, market, on different you know? stages of uh, of where they are in the, in the in the business. So some consultants who have done some calls with them, work with, I think are phenomenal and great. But at the point that we were at, again, we didn't need business saving. We want business scaling, and they they haven't done it because they have either one location or their their job is consulting. So when I found you, I knew you had for years. I knew you had multiple locations. Yeah, and this is like, all right, this is. This is where I want to go. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And it just depends on someone's goals, yeah. right? If you right. have one location, if that's your, if you want to optimize it, there's probably people out there. But if you want to scale, you need to talk to people who have done multiple locations because it comes to this whole slew of yeah. additional challenges. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, you guys, again, I, I don't want to paint this picture that's been rainbows and unicorns for our business because surely we've gone through some tough times from a rebranding perspective. That was not the easiest thing in the world, right? We learned a lot from our rebranding. I wish we had done it differently, but it is what it is. And we're, we're, we're better for it because we became tighter as a unit. But over the years, you, know, you guys have been in business now five and a half years. What was like a big pitfall that you guys had to overcome? You know, and I don't want to sound crazy. Like there was no real huge thing we had to climb out of. I say initially, maybe just the um, initial 
credit card debt of what the business was. Again, we we opened it. We lived in my childhood bedroom, so we had no external expenses other than the gym. It wasn't like I had a nice basement in my parents' house. No, it was a <laughs> eight foot by eleven and a half foot, glow in the dark stars in the wall from when I was seven years old. Like, and we're married, living in this tiny bedroom. Was that romantic for you? Or what? So I was, romantic. I was the best, waking up in the morning and uh, having my mom walk around the house. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we had no external expenses other than the gym. So any kind of stressing stresses that we did have in life were gym related. But yeah. outside of that, everything was everything was and great. Also was, because. Just as our decision maker, you are more on the conservative side. So any, there were no real risks that we would take, and any that we were calculated, like thought out. Yeah. right, calculated. right. Well, and, and back to that, for anybody who's interested in starting a gym, I think this is a really interesting conversation for me because what I see is a lot of times people want to go into business because they get excited about fitness, right? Mm-hmm. But for you guys, you guys backed it up, right? You guys. Lived in a one bedroom, uh, well, lived in a bedroom, <laughs> yeah. right? You had no external expenses. That's a big thing, right? Because if you have kids, there's a lot of responsibility there. And all of a sudden your head starts saying, okay, I got to provide for my kids. So you start making decisions that might not be the best for the business because you need to make money today, right? right? For you guys, you guys were able to be all in on this, right? You guys had the earned confidence from years working at a gym, from a background in masters. I mean, all of these things I think put you in a position to be more successful. And I hope for anybody who has chosen to start a gym with three buddies, four buddies, because they love to work out. They take a step back for a second. They say, okay, we're not in a, we're, we're not in an optimal position to be financially successful because how are we going to do that with four partners? And we're all having other jobs. So what do we want to do here? And as long as they're okay with it, that's the key, right? I think right. if you're okay with the money your gym is making, if you're okay with where you're at and that's just this side hobby, that's okay. But you also need to realize there's a lot of risk and liability associated with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone gets hurt, or yeah. if an uh, employee sues you, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So now you guys became part of the NC Fit Collective. You guys started to put in a 45-minute class. And did you guys implement a 30-minute yeah, class too upstairs? Yeah, we, we do it all, yeah. Wh- which one did your members um, – Which cla- how did you implement the classes? Cause one of the biggest problems we have is when you have a single-floor location – or actually, you guys have a dual-floor because you have upstairs. But when you in- want to incorporate a new program, how did you communicate it? How successful has it been? What have you found that you could have done a little bit better? Um, and what times did you put it at? Yeah, so the our regular CrossFit 60-minute class, we have 11 of those a day. So trying to fit in extra classes. In addition to that, we didn't really have... 11? The, the, yeah, so we have... That's so our 60-minute class, we have 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 12, 30, 4, 35, 36, 37, 38, 30, every day. And which one's the busiest? The busiest class overall throughout the day, probably 8.30 p.m. 8.30 p.m. Yeah, it averages like 20 a day. Isn't that the craziest yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I never thought 5 a.m. was going to be cro- popular, and then we added our gym, and it became really popular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you have 11 classes a day. And then, so like, all right, how am I going to fit these new classes? We have the second floor, which is great. The 30-minute pro- program uses no barbells, so it's, it's a smaller space, so it's perfect. It's like, cool, we can put some classes up there while 60-minute classes are going on. So we added three of those at 5, 5.30, and 6 while the 60-minute class goes on. So we have two coaches working at the same right. time. Concurrent classes, yeah. And then the 45-minute program we just put at our dead time in the morning, which was 8 a.m. because we had no class. So we put that there. And then we also put it right before our 4.30 class at 3.45 p.m. So we added those two in like dead times for downstairs. And right now upstairs. So you still, like 15 classes, 16 uh, classes? Six, a 16 a day. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. And we have locations with that. But I mean, that's a lot of classes. Yeah. I mean, you guys have like, what, 100 classes a week? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, 16 or, or, times five like plus some weekends. Less, like you know, 80 like, something. 80 classes? Yeah. Wow. And so when do you know, so when, when are you going to cancel a class? When do you like, so how long are you going to test these 45s and 30s out? And then if they don't get certain uptick or you're going to keep, because how's the uptick been 
because those those class times aren't premium times, right? I mean, yeah, at night for thirty they are, but for the forty five they're not. So it's for the the forty five surprisingly has. I thought that would be the class that people are on the fringe of, like, oh, I may as well just do the sixty, but that's become like a surprisingly popular class. So that class is there to stay. The thirty, and I've seen a reason to take it out, even if it's if it's a bit slower than the forty five, but it still it has that offering that allows us to target a different market, and it's not costing me too much more to have it. So I'll just, I don't know, Keep for perpetuity. Why yeah. not? Yeah. So now no you talk about hitting a different market. What does the 30 provide you? So if someone wants to start your gym, can they go into any 30 or 45 class? Yeah. 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 So but again, the 30-minute class, we broke it up into different segmented pricing. So the 30-minute class only is our lowest price point. So if someone's financially in the fence, oh, here, this is our option, not 200 bucks for CrossFit. Um, Complexity-wise or intimidation-wise, it also adds that element of, Simpler movements, hard workouts, but simpler movements that are no foundation required. Come in and pick up the plate, put it overhead, and it's right. And have you found the lower price point? Um, uh, with the lower price point, I think you could justify because it it's not on the schedule as much, right? Yeah. So it's only three times yeah. a day instead of fifteen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. eleven. But I mean, have you found that? I mean, so we started off with the lower price point for our thirty, or we used to call it Quick Fit, like five years ago, but. Now we just have one membership consistent. And I'm curious if we sit down, we talk a year from now, if it was a good idea to start off the lower price point or if you should have started off with a higher. I don't think if yeah. there's a right or wrong answer, I think you guys do what you got to do for yourselves, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's been working, I mean, because if, you, if you've, you've attracted a few new members because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that like 10, 15 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so. Nice. Oh, we're at 31 minutes. <laughs> um, Sorry. So I think just to wrap this up, um, I think what's really interesting for me is that you guys implemented a new program. So you guys have the 30, the 45. You guys have found a way to attract 20, 30 new members, et cetera, utilizing the space you already have. And so for anybody listening, think about diversifying. If your current product is already streamlined, dialed in, you're optimizing the floor, but you have some additional room. Maybe you have something else going on up there, a stretching space. Maybe you could have some type of lower complexity class. You don't have to use our programming. Obviously, we recommend it. But um, I think from from talking to Veronica and Rob, one of my takeaways is um, being calculated before you go into something, having to earn confidence to be successful, and knowing your roles and expectations before you get into it. And uh, so where can we find you guys if anybody wants to check you guys out? Yeah, so we're on Instagram at, uh, at CrossFit Flushing, CrossFitFlushing.com. I think Twitter, kind of inactive, but I'm getting back on it. <laughs> I think it's CF underscore Flushing. That tells you how often I use it. Yep. But it definitely Instagram is where uh, where Veronica lives. That's uh, you every, live, every, every post is Veronica. Anything you guys see on social media is all is all Veronica. See you there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, I hope you guys have a great day. And as per usual, keep uh, raising the rising the tide so all the boats move up with it. Have a good day. All right, thank you. <laughs>